Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table. So I've been hosting this show for a long time and good times and bad. We've seen the world go through some the biggest booms we've ever had. And lately we've been in one of the biggest down spirals we've ever had. Uh, I'm I don't know if it will have released yet, but I, I worked on an episode called The Day the Business Died uh, about what's gone on in the speaking business. Uh, and I also uh, am just trying to figure out how do I retool and rego. But you know what? I'm scrappy and I'm still optimistic that uh, we're going to figure all this stuff out. So the podcast continues and I keep looking to bring really smart, really interesting people who are doing cool things because I think all of the people who listen to the show and some of the people who you will share this episode with, I think we all need a little inspiration and we all need a little strategy and we all need a little hope. And I think that today's guest brings that in spades. Today, I have a really good friend of mine on the show. Her name is Meredith Elliott Powell, and she's a business strategist who helps businesses thrive in good times and bad times, no matter what's going on. And she is a professional speaker. I know her through the National Speakers Association. And you guys know I bring a lot of my NSA friends onto this show. But Meredith is one of those people who I admire. If you listen to the show regularly, you know one of my last questions for everybody is, who do you admire in the entrepreneurosphere, this world of entrepreneurship? And I would put Meredith on that list. And one of the reasons is she's a regular, just good person who went out, started a business, and over 10 years has grown it into a lot of success. Uh, she's admired within the world of speaking, but she's also brought in to talk about transition and sales and thriving uh, in good times and in bad. And today she's giving us a little bit of her time here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Meredith, welcome to the podcast. Wow, this sounds great, Tom. I'm excited to be here. So there's one more thing I have to tell the audience. Meredith is my, we call each other, birthday buddy, because several years ago, I don't know if it was on Facebook or at a live event, something came up about the date of my birthday. And Meredith was like, no way, me too. <laughs> so we, about four or five years ago, instituted a tradition at the National Speakers Association annual conference known as Influence. Happens every summer, different locations at some swank hotel. And then there's always a big awards banquet where people uh, get honored, they get put into what's called the speaker hall of fame which by the way is just proof that there's a hall of fame for everyone <laughs> that's right and there's always a cocktail party before that and we have a tradition about an hour before that cocktail party 
put on the fancy suit, sequin dress, whatever it is. She would probably be the one in the dress, me in the suit. It's not that kind of party. Uh, and we meet the two of us in the bar and we have a gin and tonic to celebrate our birthday. Now, our birthday is a month or two earlier than influence, but we have a drink and the only people who could ever join us and no one has are other people who would have June 8th as our birthday. So uh, Meredith is my birthday buddy, and I instituted the rule that the older one has to pay for the gin and tonics. I thought I was older, and it turns out she's just a hair older than I am. And so I get a free gin and tonic every year, which makes it even better. <laughs> That's right. It's a it's a uh, it's a great tr- uh, tradition, and uh, I'm just that hair older, so I do have to buy the gin and tonic. But as I said right. that, I realized you never should talk about a woman's age. I'm uh, ho- I'm horrible. I'm good with it. Oh, awesome. All right. So, Meredith, I don't read the fancy bios that, you know, these expensive PR people put together for all of us. So I like you to introduce yourself. What's your background and how did you get to doing what you do today? Well, you know, my background is uh, kind of uh, haywire. I started out in travel and tourism, went into the medical field, then I went into finance. And really the common thread in that is that I um, I tend to enter businesses at times when they're going through uh, extreme and dramatic change. <laughs> I got into travel and tourism when a hurricane hit the Myrtle Beach area uh, uh travel industry. I got into healthcare when Medicare started to make uh, cutbacks and I got into finance at the time that uh, they went through um, really strong upheaval. So that really became my passion is um, I tend to run towards the uh, the gunfire. Now, I don't want to get shot, but I had I had into battle. And so when things get tough, that's when I get excited about business. So that's interesting because the times we've been living in for the last several weeks uh, probably are the worst sort of uncertainty and turmoil that any of us have ever experienced. So, you know, you're still smiling, which means I believe I believe you think there's ways out of it. I definitely do. You know, it's so funny. I've been um, I've been talking about thriving in uncertainty for probably the last two years. And the reason I started talking about it is because every organization I went into was really having the best year they've ever had. I mean, the best economy they'd ever been in. But everybody would say, but oh, this uncertainty as if uncertainty is always a negative, as if it's always a bad thing. And it just put me on a path to think, could uncertainty be a positive? Could when things get challenging, could there be opportunity in that? And both you and I know enough history to know that there's a lot of opportunity in that. And so I wanted to really create the methodology of what you need to do in times like this in order to thrive and find that opportunity so you can come out on the other side. You know, and it's interesting in times like this, and I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus, but a lot of our peers in the speaking industry suddenly become experts in whatever's <laughs> happening. I mean, they're, they're, everybody's uh, an expert in thriving in uncertainty in the last right. two weeks. And, and I laugh because, you know, this is something you've been talking to, talking about for a long time. Several weeks back, I interviewed Eliz Green, who talks about handling stress when times are uncertain. And it's so interesting how many people after airing her episode called me and said, oh, I want to be on your show. I'm a stress expert, too. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you're not, you know. And so it's interesting because you have been talking about this for so long. And, you know, my topic has been for, God, you know, 11 years. How do you connect with people in this gadget crazy world? And my focus was always on how do we use live events better? However, what I teach actually goes into when we can only use the gadgets that we're crazy about. And so, you know, I've been getting some calls about, you know, how as we get back out of this problem, how do we make sure we capitalize on that human connection? I've been calling it uh, social tightening 
in the world oh, of, of, of physical distancing and social distancing. How do we physically tighten through this whole thing? But it's so interesting to see how many people are now connections experts. So, <laughs> you know, I think I think we're going to see a lot of these people suddenly uh, appear. But it gives you an advantage because you've been talking about uncertainty in good times. What's the correlation between thriving, you know, in tough times when it's a boom versus thriving in tough times when it's a bust? You know, I think that I really think the correlation is um, the fact that you always have to be anticipating change. I mean, you know, we are living in a time when more things happening outside of our business have the ability to create opportunity or obstacle for us, more so than any other generation has lived uh, with business. And so, you know, not that anybody could have seen the pandemic coming, but if you are, I, t- I tend to tell people to think of their businesses in four particular um buckets, their business and their lives, because, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, we're not separating our business and our life. It's all the same thing. And you need to consistently be thinking about what do you need to be doing day in and day out to sustain the business? What do you need to be doing to morph the business and grow the business for the future you see coming? What do you need to do to shore up yourself financially? And what do you need to be doing to take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit from a health perspective. Mm -hmm. And if you're focusing on those four areas, thinking about where the business needs to be, making sure it's secure now, keeping your financial house in order and keeping you healthy, you'll move through transition. But you know, Tom, I want to I want to say something that's a huge, huge not to do right now, which is something that you just mentioned, is do not try to turn on a dime and capitalize on um, an oppor- you know, what you see as an opportunity. I, I really n- am not talking about the fact that all of a sudden, maybe in a pandemic, everybody decides to become a healthcare worker. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's not what we're, what we're talking about. We're talking about positioning yourself to ride through the, um, the uncertainty, but then spending that time really thinking about how things are going to change and how do you anticipate change rather than change come and hit you upside the head. Well, it's interesting, too, because, you know, you're talking about in good times, you've got to prepare that there's going to be bad times. But what I've been trying to remind everybody lately, because one of the things I've done to, to live this social tightening message is every day I reach out to a handful of people every single day. And I just say, how are you doing? And some of them, like somebody said the other day, this is like the third time you've reached out to me because her name has showed up on some different lists. And yeah. I'm just sending little texts or emails. I didn't realize I'd reached out three times, but I'm afraid that the extroverts are falling through the cracks. Whereas we used to always at live events, you know, you always kind of felt for the introverts who were overwhelmed. I'm getting calls from introvert friends going, how are you? Like they're concerned (laughs) that the fact that I'm locked in my office that, you know, it's like, oh my God, he's going to die. But what I've been sharing with everybody, and I've talked to several people who've been really upset, like a couple of people on the verge of tears because their business is cratered. Uh, The one thing I've reminded everybody is that after every bust, and you can go back throughout history, I mean, thousands of years, but just looking at the last hundred years, we've had a depression, we've had recessions, we've had all of this. The one thing that follows every bust, there's always a bigger boom. I mean, you know, the recession that we went through in 2008 and nine was devastating, yet the last three years have been the biggest uptick that humans have ever seen. So there'll be a boom. You just have to figure out how do I ride through it? So I think what you teach is so important. 
Yeah, it's they. Um, I was just on with the CEO this morning, um, a client of mine that is working in a business. They're in healthcare, and and their business is booming right now. But even with that business, we're really talking about the things that are happening right now that will change the business, like some of his sales professionals becoming working virtually, the fact that they could be doing more um, with video, parts of the business that he was going to shut down that maybe need to grow. And it's the same for us as entrepreneurs. Absolutely, things are going to boom again. However, they will boom probably differently. Or you could take better opportunity if you were open right now to thinking of new ideas and some things that could be that you could do differently. It's a great brainstorming session to have with some of your entrepreneurial peers. Well, and it is interesting because a lot of people in our business, you know, some have taken the dark side that, oh, speaking will never come back. People will go virtual and stay there forever. I don't believe that's true. I think the biggest change we're going to see in the meetings business is I think this hybrid function is going to become commonplace, meaning that they're still going to have live events and that everybody's still going to show up at the live events, but they're going to have that hybrid video option for people who can't travel, who at the last minute don't want to travel. God forbid there's ever any other type of scare that has to shut things down. They have a switch they can flip and not have to sort of reinvent it as as we go. So while there will be changes, I don't think the changes in most industries are going to be a giant drastic change. But I do think that there will be lingering things that businesses in all industries will learn from this that they can take forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, we have a we have a memory that is very short. And as soon as things get going um, good again and things are strong and the economy's uh, booming, I mean, we're we're social creatures. We want to meet in person. We want to you know, we want to connect in person. But I do think that at least for a while, we're going to be like our grandparents who are depression era and we're going to have safety nets and we're going to think about, you know, what do we do if and you can worry about that or you can turn that into um really into into opportunity and there's a lot that you can do right now so with the clients that you work with in the past and the clients that you're working with now in these kind of tumultuous times what is your key message what's the key thing that meredith is telling everyone the key thing that I'm telling everybody is that now is the time for um, for opportunity. We're going to slow down. We're going to take a breath. We're not going to make any rash decisions. And for um, I do want to say that for my clients who are cash flushed, we're really thinking about um, things that we can really do to really take care of their customers, things that we can do to um, actually grow the business during these times. And then for my customers who aren't, and I have customers who aren't um, right now, we're we're just kind of riding this together and doing everything that we can to keep the business afloat, which may, may mean pulling it back, but um, but keeping their hopes up and their understanding and their eye on the ball and the future is we will pull out of it, but you need to have a plan and you need to have a strategy. This is not, this is no time. I feel like this time is a weird gift. Like never do you get to just sit back and go, okay, what do I want to do with my business and my life and where do I want to take it? And you're hopefully this is never going to come again. So you need to take advantage of this time right now. So I don't know if I'm going to call this a gift. (laughs) That might be a little bit much for me to stomach, but I have been asked by several of, of my peers who are solopreneurs, whether they're speakers or coaches or consultants, they're like, you know, I don't have a year's worth of money set aside. Right. I'm, I, I don't have a spouse who makes a million dollars a year. I, I don't I don't have the things that some people have for a safety net. I, I'm not stupid. I have some. 
but uh, this is going to probably go longer than than what I'm prepared for. And people are asking me, they go, you keep putting out positive messages. How do you do that? And I said, well, I'm a glasses half full guy. I know what I want to do going forward, but I also know I'm scrappy and I'll figure this out, you know, as as I go. But a gift. I don't know about that. Well, I think that, um, you know, the, the thing is, you can't do anything about what has happened or what is happening. So, you know, the the neuroscience proves that the way that your brain fires has everything to do with whether you see the glass half empty or you see the glass half full. And so if you need to do a little meditation in the work to start to see the glass full, then you need to do that because that's going to fire um, your brain and your synapses so that you see the opportunity. And there is opportunity um, out there. And you need to be open and put your ego on the shelf. And I I actually fully agree with everything that you just said. Uh, In fact, one of the things for me is that I've just sort of looked at this not as a gift, but I have looked at it sort of as the fact that my glass is always going to be half full. It's just kind of who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, therefore, we'll figure it out. And I, I really believe that all opportunities in life come from people. And that's why I'm just trying to lead by this yeah. message of how we connect and serve others and how we keep up with our friends and how we can help promote people who are in the the rougher time maybe than we're having how we can help boost their business that's going to come back so heavy whereas the people who are selfish or are too salesy or too pushy or too in your facey those are the people who who might get might get hurt Oh yeah, completely. You know, it's funny. I had uh, I had somebody that I was talking to about um, selling me a product that I'm going to buy, something I want to invest in, and we had a sales call set for yesterday afternoon. Well, I was flooded with clients that I I had to speak with, people moving, changing, doing all that, and um and I I sent her an email and I said I need to move this, and I said really I you know she emailed me back. She said great. What about Friday? And I said and honestly I I don't want to waste your time. I'm not going to pull the trigger until I have a clue as to exactly what's going on on and it went dark and I never, I have not heard from her since yesterday. So you can guarantee that when I get ready to buy and I'm going to buy, by, by this summer, I will pull the trigger on this. I'm not buying from that company. Yeah, well, and even if you do buy from that company, you're going to look at her competitor for sure. <laughs> sure, I mean it's it is um, you know it's just it's just crazy right now. I mean, we just need to be smart as business people. And some of our clients have money, some of them don't. Do what you need, you know, do what you need to do and help people as you need to help. It and it is going to come back. I had an interesting people. story because I was looking at someone to do some. Uh, I don't want to describe too much what it was, but someone to do some outbound marketing for me uh, for my business. And they they know the business. They kind of have a newer company. They're not really well known into in like a lot of your and my peers. But I talked to him and it was just a little expensive. And the way he structured it, it I, I just even before this hit, I wasn't going to invest that much money up front. I wanted to give him a giant piece on yeah. the back, like bigger than what a bureau would take or bigger than an agent would take. I was like, you know, if, if you think you're this good, you know, I'll give you double what a bureau would get for booking. Yeah. And he basically told me, oh, no, no, you have to pay me this cash up front because I have to pay my people and this and that. I said, that's great. That's your business model. I I have flushed a lot of money down the table with coaches and consultants and other, <laughs> other people in the, in the speaking business. And so as this was all hitting, he basically told me, you're stupid not to invest with me now. Because right now is when you need to be aggressive and da 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 da. And I thought, did he just tell me? I don't, you know, I have to pull back on making expenses. I can't make a seven or ten thousand dollar outbound thing with no right. with no guarantee at this point. And he goes, well, you're stupid. And I thought, 
what kind of sales thing is that? <laughs> he literally just insulted me for not doing business with him. There's a big zero chance I will ever do business with him or yeah. or refer. I liked him until that day. And it's like, eh. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I think um, I think it certainly is going to show who 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 we are, how we behave um, right now. But but that's where I mean, just putting your ego on the shelf is you need to realize that um, you may have to get scrappy. There may have to be some things that you're going to do. You may not you know, it, it may be through the end of this year that we work differently and we do things differently. But there's a lot to be learned from this. And there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of good information. And you just the mantra I live by is you just really got to trust the journey. And if you are, you are open to that, you're going to go on a nice, maybe a bumpy, but a ride that's going to put you someplace that, that, you know, that, that is going to be good for you and good for your business. So Meredith, my favorite birthday buddy, I can't let, (laughs) I can't let you go yet. I got more questions, Okay, but first I got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Meredith Elliott Powell. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Meredith, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's one of the coolest things you're doing in business right now? What is one of the coolest things that I'm doing in business right now? Well, I think one of the coolest things I'm doing in business right now is number one, I don't know if it's cool, but I basically, I'm kind of like you for the last two weeks, I have done most of my time, I am on a video from about six o'clock in the morning till about eight o'clock at night. And I am just checking in with every single one of my past clients, people I haven't worked with since 2014, 2015, and reaching out to my um, prospects and just sending them articles I've written or videos that I've shot, just sharing ideas that I have to really make them successful and benefit from the research that I've done of how to thrive in uncertainty. So I don't know if it's cool, but I'm just giving a load of stuff away. And I also noticed that I, I feel busier. Like I'm constantly, yeah. oh my I'm, God, I'm I, so busy. I've crammed a lot of these podcasts. Like usually my podcast is like a week out because I like them to all be fresh. I'm now like three <laughs> weeks out because I'm just like, oh, I want this person on the show. What? It's not like I have anything else going on. And then yeah. I, I'm doing the same thing. I'm reaching out to some clients and past clients. But then also I'm doing some uh, like vi- not podcast interviews, but some video interviews with friends who want to get their message out, but yeah. they don't want to just do a talking head video. So yeah. I said, well, I'll interview you because I have yeah. this skill. And so I've done several of those and I'm, I'm offering it up to more of our friends that, you know, I'll, I'll interview you so that you'll have this thing. Well, one of those videos that I did, I put it on my Facebook page I'm sorry, my LinkedIn page, and it's been forwarded. I mean, I got a lot of likes and views, but it's been forwarded more than anything else, both on LinkedIn and in other places. And I just had an association call me and say, could you do a video series with me? Now, they don't necessarily have any money for this, but they're a past client. And I said, look, it's about the mission, not the money. You know, as long as we're not doing 100 videos, uh, you know, if you want to do three 
you know, let, let's let's do it. But they're like, I loved your interviewing style. And so while it didn't lead to paid business, somebody saw it and thought it was good. So I, I find myself on Zoom constantly uh, like we are right now. And it is at the end of the day, I'm like, I just need a nap. <laughs> exactly. I just, well, you know, I tell you, I think one of the coolest outcomes from some of the stuff we're doing right now is I can't believe the number of people, you post a video on LinkedIn, you put something out there on Facebook, people that I haven't heard from in years. I mean, I posted one on LinkedIn and I had my video, my computer guy that I worked with 10 years ago, reach out to me and say, I can't tell you how much that video meant to me. It really, I mean, how much you can touch people in this time, just sharing the little things that you're doing to try to stay motivated and productive. And I've been touched by some calls, inbound calls that I've gotten from people who have just, yeah. who, who aren't from our business. Yeah. And they're like, you know, can, can I help you? Are you looking for a job? Can I help you yeah. with this? And, and I'm not right now, but uh, <laughs> you know, but I appreciate their, their caring. And, and you know, one guy, he works for a growing company that's not gonna be affected by this crisis. I mean, there's some certain businesses that, it's just yeah. not, I mean, there, there will be a downturn, but there's certain businesses, you know, our business as speakers stopped because live events stopped. Yeah. Uh, they're, what they do for a living is still necessary mm-hmm. uh, and always will be, whether you're at home or at work. So, but he was like, you know, he goes, maybe I can talk to my boss, you know, about, you know, he goes, you're a good That's salesperson. That's so nice. And I said, well, let's, let's not move on that today, but let's, uh, you know, let's have this conversation in a couple months. So I yeah. appreciate people who have my back. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. You know, another thing I think that um, I'm really helping a lot of the companies that I work with that haven't had to transition to video, transition to video, and we're 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 finding a lot of opportunity in that. Really helping leaders lead with video, helping sales teams sell with video, and using video as an opportunity while people are at home working to create community connection and fun. And that's not really a topic that's been um, well explored in companies. Companies that have been okay moving along traditionally. But I think there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity um, in that. And it's really fun to help them make those transitions. So one more thing I want to talk about is you're releasing a new book right in the middle of all of this. You have yes. a brand new book and it helps companies in transition. It's about succession planning. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Well, I tell you, if you if you ever um, there were, was a time that we needed succession, it's it's re- really right now. But the book I wrote with Dr. Mary Kelly that's called "Who Comes Next: Leadership Succession Planning Made Easy." It is an innovative, simple approach to that overwhelming problem of succession planning. I mean, every time I say succession planning, it's kind of like energy sucks out of the room. But the um, the idea is that you need to um, create leadership at every level of your organization. And that your greatest competitive advantage right now are the team that you have working with you. And this book really simplifies that process. Have you watched the, I think it's HBO show, Succession? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do used it. To watch it. I used to watch it on planes. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to have your succession planning be that way. No, this makes it uh, this makes it actually um, work and um, it's a much nicer version of it. <laughs> but we've done a book and we've done a workbook and it is for Fortune 500s to the mom and pop um, to anybody thinking that what would happen to me if I got sick, I ran to Tahiti or somebody else just I just wanted to take a vacation. Um, how do you really put that leadership in place and how do you create that type of culture? That's awesome. So, Meredith, the last two questions I ask everyone who comes on the show is, number one, who do you admire in the world of entrepreneurship? Because you know what? As we look out there, great entrepreneurs, they're observers. So I love to hear who people say, wow, she or he 
they're doing the cool things. Yeah, there's a, um, you know, I have a lot of people that um, that I admire in um, in this space, but there's an entrepreneur by the name of Lon Safko, A-S-F-K-O. And if you do not know him, you need to, um, you need to Google him. But he wrote a book um, years and years ago, like in the early 90s, called The Social Media Bible. Um, he's written a number of best-selling um, books, but he was on the forefront of technology. He helped write the um, first create the first voice activated um, computer. Um, what I love about Lon and what is motivated, first of all, he's so down to earth and so kind. I could I can call him and talk to him about anything. I was just a bit of a groupie and reached out to him and he couldn't have been more receptive. The other is that here he is, you know, pushing 70 and he's um, reinventing himself and doing new things and writing new books and constantly creating. Even though he's accomplished so much, there's always another frontier. So I think the thing that I admire is his vision and his creativity, but combined with just how humble and kind he is. I love that. And that's why I started the show by saying, you're one of those people who I admire because you are humble and kind. Thank you. So the last question I have for everybody is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think it's, we make a lot of money, we're fortunate, but it's more than just about making money. I think that if if we are fortunate, we have to find our way to serve others. So what do you do? Yeah. So I grew up in a family where my mother, um, from the time we were little kids, she told us it was our responsibility to give back in our community. So I volunteered my whole life. But my passion right now um, are the national parks. I sit on the board of the Friends of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And the reason national parks are my passion is because I think they solve so many problems. If people go outside, it will solve depression and anxiety um, issues. It um preserving land, um, make sure that we have green space and takes care of the obesity issue because people are hiking and cycling and doing that. I just think it's the, it's the big whammy and I worry about the future of them. So I'm passionately dedicated to that. So I know I've told you this before, but when we get to Washington, D.C. for the National Speakers Association Conference, uh, sometime before we sit down with our gin and tonics, uh, I've got to reintroduce you to my daughter, Kate. That is her passion in life. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, she wants to work in a national park after she graduates from college. She's a high school senior right now, which I just got to say, if you know a high school senior yeah. somewhere in this country or beyond, Go and give them a big hug because think about it. Think yourself back to high school for just a minute. You've got, you know, all the things seniors go through. You've got prom, you've got yearbook day, you've got uh, senior night, you've got senior trip, you've got graduation. All of that stuff is is in jeopardy or gone. And uh, I got to give my kid credit. She's she's being very stoic uh, through it all. But uh, it's got to be it's got to be just so hard. Oh, yeah. but, but one of her goals is she wants to major in environmental or marine studies, uh, but then wants to go to work uh, in a national park as a park ranger for several years before going off into to more of a career. And her first thing she will do upon graduating college in four years is uh, hike the Appalachian Trail through. Oh, that's great. And I'm going to go with her. And well, good. Well, you must come stay with me because the Appalachian Trail goes right close to my house. Uh, well, you've told me that before, so it is on the list because I understand anytime there's a bed in the shower, you say yes, yes. Uh, to that. And so, but but Kate's passion is preserving the national parks and she always comes in with articles about, you know, how we need to get more people uh, because of, like you said, the health issues, obesity issues, all this, and how we need to get more minorities introduced to it because very it, much is, so. it is yeah, crazy it's- how... It, it's not purposely segregated. We just don't promote it to different segments of life. And why? what's good for the parks as our population becomes more diverse, we need to get more people uh, from a lot of different backgrounds. And she is super passionate about oh, that's, promoting the that's parks. That's so cool. Our, um, for the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, our, um, 
our superintendent is African-American and he grew up in Memphis, never went to a national park. And he heard about national parks on by watching Wild Kingdom. <laughs> and, um, and that's how he got interested in the outdoors. And he is full of energy and full of passion. Awesome. That is his passion is to get young people and minorities in, involved in the park. And it's so exciting because if you go into a national park, anybody listening who's been to one, our national parks are amazing. And let's just say they started and they flourished during many bad economic times. Oh, so that's, that's a, a great place to talk about the fact that sweet things happen. And you just flashed me back to my childhood when you talked about Wild Kingdom. What was it? Mutual <laughs> of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. What was the guy's name? Who was the host? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to forget now. Perkins, but, um, I think, but, but it's something. Yeah. But, but but he was like a million years old in the 70s. <laughs> And, you know, and that was, you know, boom, you had like everything about nature on that show. And I loved Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Who didn't? And I feel sorry for the kids. If you don't know what that is, go to YouTube. I was just going to say for the younger generations, when I say Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, if you don't know, you missed out. So I'm like all a Twitter about about that. All right. Well, Meredith Elliott Powell, if someone's listening and their business is in a little bit of transition and they need a consultant who is brilliant, how do they find you? They can find me at my website, which is valuespeaker.com, just the term value and speaker.com. I got tons of free resources and tools um, on there. And you can also find me on my social networking sites. I tend to live a little bit more on uh, LinkedIn, but I do believe like you, Tom, build your network, change your life. So if we are not connected, it would be an honor if people would reach out. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a friend of mine and my birthday buddy. But more importantly, thank you for being such an inspiration. Uh, I've, I've tracked your business for about five years and I want to be Meredith Elliott Powell when I grow up. <laughs> thank you, Tom. It's been awesome. I always love talking to you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would I do this? Why would we have a show? You know, I, I get to interview these really cool people and I know that one thing is true. And that is success leaves clues. So go back. We have 550 previous episodes. Uh, go back and listen because there's little nuggets, ideas, and theories and concepts about entrepreneurship in every single one of them. And uh, you will find those clues sprinkled along the way, much like there was today. We're going to be back in a couple of days with somebody just as cool as Meredith. And I know you're thinking, what? How will you ever find anybody cooler than Meredith? I didn't say cooler. I said just as cool. But in the meantime, flex those entrepreneurial muscles because you know what? Right now with what we're going through in society, we need you more than ever to do that and find your success. Make sure your ladder is against the right wall as you climb that career ladder. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.